It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Let's bring in Dave Rubin, one of the deep thinkers in our country, uh, host of the Dave Rubin Report, best-selling author. He's got a brand new book that's doing exceedingly well as well. Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke uh, Dystopia. Dave, welcome back. Brian, it's good to be with you. I got to tell you, man, I was doing my research this morning and I could not come up with one homophobic nor transphobic tweet from Elon Musk. A lot about business and creating success, but nothing homophobic or transphobic. Yeah, I mean, they do. He doesn't get up every day saluting uh, transsexuals. (laughs) Right. But even Caitlyn Jenner doesn't. So I, I don't understand what it is. But let's start there. Can you explain Elon Musk, who is not exactly Newt Gingrich? of uh of inventors he's more thomas edison right <laughs> this guy is just just somebody's a deep thinker cares but like he tends to be in between what why are some people so upset of him might buy might buy twitter well the simple answer to that is because the guy wants to defend free speech everything regardless of whether you agree with him politically or not and he's actually as you're saying he's not very political he's his true political beliefs are not known that well. You know, he's got some libertarian beliefs for sure. He likes capitalism and the open market. But at the same time, you know, he's gotten government subsidies, but he's done Tesla and some other things. So he's a little bit of a mix, which is probably what most people are at some level. Uh, but he holds no radical positions that anyone knows of. He's come in. He said, hey, I want to defend free speech. I want Twitter to be an open platform and I'm going to pay a crazy premium. To do it. I mean, the funny thing that people need to understand about the Twitter situation is that when Twitter went public in 2013, their valuation is basically the same as it was a couple weeks ago. So the company has not grown in any really effective way. Then he comes in and says, hey, I will pay you guys a lot more. And I can tell you this, Brian, as you know, anybody who has ever started a company or put a dime into a company the dream, the ultimate dream is to get that call from Elon Musk. Hey, I want to buy your company. Uh, so the fact that he's saying I'll pay more and the board now is basically at war with the shareholders because the board is saying we're not going to do it. But if you're the average shareholder of Twitter stock, of course you want to sell to Elon Musk. And, and that actually has almost nothing to do with politics. You, you want to sell because why do you buy stakes in a company? You, you buy stakes so that you can make some money. So this thing really has exposed some very, very strange things related to how free speech and big tech and big business all operate together. All right. A couple of things. If And uh, fundamentally, I could figure out the issues of the day. Remember, we had uh, if we if we're talking about issues facing Americans, inflation, no doubt about it. Uh, the war in Ukraine, no doubt about it. What's going on at our border, no doubt about it. I know where you stand, roughly the same place as I stand, but I have no problem figuring out what the issues are. What has caught me by surprise over the last few years, and it's pretty much why you wrote the book, is people all of a sudden tell me about pronouns. I thought it was mm-hmm. a joke. I had no idea we'd be talking about it. People tell me about where our country's built on stolen land uh, uh, and on slavery. Wait, our history is being attacked? And now we hear about transsexuals and kids and hormone blockers and 12-year-olds. And I'm thinking to myself, who's coming up with this agenda? Have you figured it out where the woke mob came from? Well, that's so that's the gajillion dollar question. Where did they came from? Because what they've done, and I always say this on my show, Brian, you have to give the devil his due. We may not like what they're doing. I know that we don't, obviously, and your listeners don't either. But you have to acknowledge that they have done 
some real destructive stuff here, and that's what their goal was. So you have to first say, okay, you guys have done partly what you've, what you've tried to accomplish, and, and there's something to be said about that, even if you don't like what they've done. Now, they've done things such as 2 plus 2 is 5, and boys are girls, and our history is racism, and non-racism is racism, and the rest of it. So where did it come from? I mean, there's a couple arguments around this. You know, some people say it's the long march through the institutions that sort of communists and Marxists got in, usually through the Ivy League schools in the 60s, and they just sort of did it all on the DL. I would say in a modern context, because that's really how most of us are talking about it now, these last five years, a very radical base figured out how to get into the corporations. They figured out how to infiltrate the big tech companies. And now you've got people like the CEO of Disney, Bob Chappick, who obviously, I don't know his full pedigree, but to become the CEO of Disney, you've got to have a pretty good pedigree. You, know how, you have to know how to acquire companies and expand business and find new opportunity. You've got this guy groveling, groveling to his LGBTQ us plus whatever it is, uh, group begging for forgiveness and saying he'll be a better ally. And it's like, man, you have signed your own death warrant because you are now a hostage to your own radical group. So where did it come from? It probably came from all of us for not standing up a little bit faster, but I, I don't think it's too late. I, I don't either because I think the backlash is taking place. I'm, I'm watching it now. And what it is is in a way – I'll, I'll give the devil his due and from what you said, but I'll also say you overplayed your hand because you've mm -hmm. activated people that had no interest in getting involved in school boards, no interest in getting involved in the, uh, in the political process, who pretty much were moderates or Democrats who are saying, wait a second, if I don't vote a certain now for Republicans, I'm going to end up with an agenda where my kid's going to be home at night and uh, my son's going to feel like a girl one day and be able to get a subscription for or a prescription for hormone blockers. Brian, I always say on my show, you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. And I think that that's where a lot of the country sits. So, of course, you're going to have your traditional conservative Republican voters. Uh, but right now, the average person that you're talking about, that parent in Virginia who most likely was going to vote Democrat, and then they realized that critical race theory and all this crazy gender stuff was in their schools. You went after their kids, and then suddenly what happens? Glenn Youngkin wins. And that is a good win. It doesn't matter if you are a Republican or a Democrat, that is a good win for America, for freedom and for rational thought and all of those things. So it's sort of, uh, as you know, I moved from Los Angeles to, to Florida in like these last three months. And I can tell you, man, I feel like I live in a different country. The state of freedom in Florida is so strong, thanks to not only Ron DeSantis, but the people who voted the right way, thankfully, uh, that, that there is a flourishing here while California crumbles. So people have to make decisions for their lives. Do you want to live in places that are going to indoctrinate your children, destroy your businesses, and make you live in a place that is you know, unsafe because of criminals or homeless people? Or do you want to take a chance and, and be part of freedom? And it's a little messier, but I guarantee you it's much better on the other side. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Uh, so Dave Rubin's with us. Don't burn this country is the name of his book. Dave. So there's some things going on that are they're pretty overwhelmingly bad. Number one, is anyone pro-homeless encampment? Because that's what happened. You know, is, is, yeah. uh, is anyone pro-defunding the police? You're, they're afraid to say it now, except unless you're Cory Bush or the squad. And now even Nancy Pelosi speaks up and says, i got to make it clear. I don't go along with that. But in 2020, she never would have admitted that. 
Can you give people out there some hope or am I giving them false hope in pointing out that people are getting outraged because those those homeless encampments don't really don't tug at your heartstrings. They're violent. Ninety percent of them are violent, mentally ill, maybe armed, committing crimes. Look, the simple truth is that what the Democrats are extremely good at are giving what are seemingly good answers to very complex problems that actually create things worse. So, of course, if you say I care about homeless people. The, the simple answer without thinking any further is, OK, put more money towards it. And that is what California has done relentlessly for decades, in essence. And it has made the problem much, much worse. We could talk about mental health. We could talk about getting drugs off the street, all of those things. But the policing one, as you just said, look at every one of these Democrat cities that we watched burn in 2020. Uh, you know, whether it's Portland, Seattle, where you are in New York City, uh, San Francisco, et cetera. They defunded the police. They said to people, be more lawless. New York City right now, as you know, you can jump the turnstile and at the subway and they will not arrest you or fine you. Little crimes like that start little, but then start bubbling up into bigger crimes because you say to the people who are the law abiding citizens, hey, you're a sucker, man. Why are you paying the 250 or three bucks for the subway? Because you could just hop it like like these guys. So everywhere that that the Democrats let the inmates run the asylum, basically let the squad ideas take over, it has destroyed those cities. So the hope the hope is I'm not very hopeful that the Democrats will suddenly turn around. I don't think that there's enough moderates left. I think they've they've destroyed the the old moderate Democrat. If you're an old moderate Democrat, you're basically a, a Republican at this point. The hope is that the red states will strengthen and the red states will do the right thing, and then good, decent people will have to figure out where they want to live. It's a somewhat depressing reality in a way. But remember, we're founded on federalism, the idea that these are the United States of America, meaning the states are different and individual, and you can figure out where you want to live. Yeah, you can vote with your feet, uh, especially with high taxes, high crime, not a good combination. It's time to move to Texas or Florida, and that's what's been happening in this country uh, with the more and South Carolina. I was in South Carolina a few months ago, and they said the biggest the biggest problem was we let we invited uh, tourism to come here, and then the biggest problem is now that they've decided to stay. So a lot of these states are being infiltrated by people that want to come and don't want to change. That's the scary thing. What I also think is interesting, do you think there's a chance, Dave, that if a guy like Joe Manchin, maybe he's 70-something, maybe not him, but if a guy like Joe Manchin emerged on the left, who was center-left, do you think he would get through the primary process? No, I don't, unfortunately. I think the entire machine is against him at this point. Big tech is against him. The mainstream media would be against him. They would treat him, in essence, probably a tiny bit better than they treated Donald Trump, but they would treat him no better than they would treat, say, Ron DeSantis. And that really is the problem, because once they let the cat out of the bag with this thing, once they said all of our opponents are racists, all of our opponents are uh, homophobes, et cetera, it left no room for anyone decent to be in there, which why is, you know, that's why a guy like Chuck Schumer, if you took Chuck Schumer 10 years ago, he was a moderate Democrat, even Nancy Pelosi. I know a lot of people will find this hard to believe. She wasn't a completely crazy leftist 10 years ago, but they let the squad run in, run the narrative and the media went all in on it. So I see no way for a moderate. Look, look, there was a moderate who ran in 2020. Her name was Tulsi Gabbard, right? She talked about being proud of America. She talked about how identity politics was bad. And the party completely destroyed her. Hillary Clinton called her a Russian asset, as did Mitt Romney, by the way. Uh, And they left no room for her. So if you are a moderate Democrat, if you are a future Joe Manchin, 
you have to be a Republican right now. Let's coalesce around that. And then we can go from there. And then if, you know, the Republicans can decide, okay, we can argue about all of the important stuff. We can argue about tax rates. We can even argue about abortion and other very, you know, tightly held issues. But we got to save America first. And then we'll deal with, you know, some of the, the ancillary issues. I just think that maybe somebody who is left like Bill Maher, when he comes out and goes, I'm against stop, I'm, uh, smash and grab. Uh, I didn't think that was a, a radical idea. You know, so I, I, when, I, when guys like that who are clearly are liberal can't understand what the party is, that gives me hope. Not that he's going to well, change, but that, that he could just point out the idiocy of what you've just outlined in your book. And final thought on that? Well, I hope you're right, and I talk about Bill Maher often because I want guys like him to exist. But the question is for a guy like Bill Maher, when will you vote for people who actually stand up for the things that you believe in? Vote for the people who defend police. Vote for the people who are against CRT and against wokeism. Otherwise, you're just screaming into the void. But, but I do get it, Brian, and, and I hope you're right, and I hope he can convert people, and they'll get to the end of the road even if he does not. Uh, Dave Rubin, congratulations on the book, uh, Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia. Good job, Dave. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, my friend. I'll see you soon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.